Listeners, once again, do we find ourselves in heaven? For this is episode 57. This is the last chapter of the Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, Why episode it is i'm currently whispering into my backpack because i've edited it this in a uh, costa and don't want anyone to hear me uh, <laughs> be kind so what's there's some bits of this podcast that are a bit self-indulgent uh where we laugh at ourselves for about <laughs> up to two minutes just laughter at some point but uh i thought I might as well leave it in why not it's nice to hear us laugh let you all know we're doing okay uh, why not leave us a review if you're not done so already or you could uh, visit our Patreon patreon.com forward slash pottervision have a snoop around there or even why not tell a friend or go to pottervision.com for a full list of our tour dates because we're on tour anyway here's me screaming my lungs out in a Costa coffee here is episode 57 Welcome to the Pottervision Podcast, the podcast where every week this man here, Tom Lawrenson, and myself, Lucas Kirkby, we look at a chapter from the Harry Potter books and ridicule the work of a millionaire. This week we're on episode 57. We're on the final chapter of Prisoner of Azkaban, chapter 22, Owl Post Again. Oh! Tom, how are you, mate? I'm well. Ooh. I'm good. I'm feeling chipper. I'm feeling thankful. November. Oh, yeah, we're into a new month. Thanksgiving. Oh, it is, isn't it? So I'm thankful for. What? Our Potter Vision listeners. Oh, that's lovely. We've done three books. Yeah. We've done over a year's worth of episodes, and I wouldn't have continued doing it if not for the continued... Um, words of support from our listeners yes and you know there have been a lot of listeners who've been with us since day one who are still listening and it's very uh it's very lovely very heartwarming i know yeah i'm thankful for our pottervision listeners as well and we thank you for still listening uh you had a busy week did you do anything for halloween it was halloween last night for us me or them no yet they can't answer (laughs) they can't answer us are you doing anything halloween yeah I saw at the movie show, yeah, uh, James Bond. Ding diddling ding, ding diddling ding, ding diddling ding. James Bond, James Bond. And uh, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I particularly liked a particular bit where he was in a circular tunnel. Yeah, and he spins around and shoots. Like an unknown person, but it's an homage to the original starting when yeah. he shoots someone down the barrel of the camera. The gun barrel sequence, yeah, mm. it was good. There were lots of little homages. Did you notice right? that? I did notice that, yeah. And there was a bit where they had all the old uh, M's on the, what, the portraits on the wall. Judy Dench on the wall. But yeah, I enjoyed it. What would you give it out of ten? Seven. Seven. Ooh, I'd give it an eight, I think. But yeah, it was good. Why? Uh, 
<laughs> well, uh, I, I enjoyed it though. It was good. Lots of good action. Lots of good story. An emotional ending. All tied up together. A bit of comedy. Wouldn't you say Daniel Craig with his shirt off looks like one of the teenage mutant ninja turtles? I do. I think he looks like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle with his shirt on. No, but do you know what I mean? His body is so, like, muscular. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Yeah. There's so much mass to it. Yeah. He looks like one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He does. Especially in that scene where he's eating a pizza down the sewers. That's what they do, isn't it? I've never seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is that what they do? Eat pizza down the sewers? Do they do that? And fight crime and they have a rat boss. Is it a rat? That's their dad. Is it his dad? No. That rat. What's he called? Mr. That's their dad. Stinker or what? What's it called? How dare you, Mr. Stinker? What's it called? That Shredder. No, Shredder's the baddie. Oh, right. Who's the. Oh, they've got a dad's turtle. But Shredder's a rat. No, 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 no. What? Shredder. Evil Shredder. Shredder's the villain. Right. The rat is their dad. What's the rat called? Hang on, I'm going to rat me a turtle's dad. Adopted father, you bigot. Does <laughs> that <laughs> a bigot? <laughs> so what's Shredder then? He's like a man. A human man? Yeah, wearing like metal armour. All right, that's fun, isn't it? Anyway, my week's been good as well. Uh, I've been... Well, we told you last week I was going to go to uh, a theme park in Wales. That was my first question. How was it being a wizard in Wales? Oh, it was good. It was good. I was playing the wizard Merlin, who is supposed to have come from Wales. By Merlin's beard. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. He's from uh, Carmarthen. He's named after Merlin, because Merlin in Welsh is Merthin. And Carmarthen. Okay, yeah. He's supposed to come from Wales. Uh, well, yeah, it was good to be Merlin. Uh, I did a big illusion where I took somebody's head off. I was a bit nervous about it, as you heard last time, but uh, it went well. I feel like I was confident doing it by the end. Oh, yeah. How many times did you have to take a man's head off? 21 times. Bentayuno. We did three shows a day for seven days. The weather was horrible, but we had lots of lovely audiences, so it was good. Apart from the last show, where we had... Four people and a stray cat. But all the others had about 40, 50, 60. McGonagall. It was Professor (laughs) McGonagall. She's come to see what the magic was all about. (laughs) If the listeners don't know, the chair that I sit on to record this very podcast has been slowly breaking over the course of a year. Mm. One of the panels has been coming off. Yeah. Uh, Last week, during the episode, I tried to mend it. Yeah. Caused you to stop talking while I finished. I said, no, continue. You said, no, it's distracting. So I had to cut that out. Uh, So what I did the other night, I was like, I'll mend this chair finally. Oh, yeah. So I got a a belt from... Yeah. A belt from a dressing gown. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to... I wrapped it around and I'm going to tighten it using a wooden spoon. Yeah, to try and mend the chair. And would you... No, <laughs> I ruined said dressing gown belt. What crazy episode of Art Attack is this? Where you are getting a dressing gown belt and a wooden spoon, boys and girls, and can you believe it? This can fix a chair. Anyway, next week on Blue Peter, we'll tell you how to reinforce it. It didn't wall. fix the chair. <laughs> well, why would it? It's a wooden spoon and a dressing gown belt. I don't know. Oh, dearie me. So you didn't dress up for Halloween then? 
No, no, no. Did you? No, no, I didn't. We, but it, <laughs> I was thinking about Halloween and what to talk about, and then I remembered about when trick or treaters used to come to our family home. Right when I was a kid, now my dad would never buy in any sweets. Right for the kids. Right, what he'd do if someone, a little kid, turned up knocking on the door, trick or treat, he would give them. The flavours of crisps from the multi-packs that we didn't like. That's nice. <laughs> and he'd get rid of them. What didn't he like? I don't know, it might be like the beef hula hoops or... Beef hula hoops? I know, or Worcester sauce. Oh my Marcus. God, these, these are favourites in the Lawrenson household. <laughs> oh, we, we'd have done well then if we'd have uh, lived together at that time. You could have had them, I could have had the salt and vinegar, cheese and onion. Hang on, are you telling me when you were how old? I don't know, 10, 11, 12. 10, and I would have been, I don't know, 25. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me, why would we be living together? Why would I have adopted this, dare I say it, prepubescent boy? It's a fun premise for a sitcom, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. But his parents love him and they don't want him to go. I take him. Exactly. And we mm. share it. Multi-packs of crisps. Mm. In... Peace and harmony. Speaking of werewolves, I watched uh, American <laughs> Werewolf in London the other day. Oh, yeah. Is, is that scary? Yes. Ooh. For the time, it would have been horrifying. Yeah. Back yeah, in the yeah. olden days. If, the, if there's any listeners from the olden days listening and you've <laughs> seen that film, it would have given you a shock then yeah, and even yeah. now. Because it like, I know, you, you still got that kind of uh, sensibility. But it's interesting because there's a few ties to Harry Potter in it. Yes. Go on then, what are they? One, werewolf. Oh, wait, werewolf. Werewolf. Yeah. Need to say any more. Do we? Mm. Rick Mayles in it. Rick Mayles in it, who famously played Peeves that was never in the films. So he unfamously never played Peeves. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he is uh, an extra in a pub. Oh, is he? You can see him in the background. That's fun. Nowadays, we've got Lucas and Tommy, but we can't have Lucas and Tommy without Connie, can we? <gasps> Connie! <laughs> it's Connie! And you know what? Should we bring her over? Because uh, I've actually missed Connie. No, 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 no. No, bring you like this, you like this. Bring her over, Connie. All right, then. All right, you like this. She's I've, a bit shy. She's a bit shy, but I hope this will uh, this will bring her out of her shell. I hope, I hope, uh, hope you like this. Here we go. Hello, Connie. Yes, hello, <laughs> Connie. It's so nice to have you back where you belong. <laughs> You're looking swell, Connie. I can tell, Connie. You're still growing. You're still growing. You're still going strong. I feel the room swaying, but the band's playing. One of our old favourite songs from way back when Don't be down, Connie You've got your christening gown, Connie <laughs> Connie, never go away again Take it away, boys Oh, we can have a bit of a dance, Connie Oh, oh she's still having a wiggle Oh, is she going to do a little twirl? Oh, that is thrusting. That's very nice, Connie. Oh, what do you think of Connie's dancing, Tom? I love it. Connie's happy. 
She's flying. I feel the room swaying, but the band's playing one of our old favorite songs from way back when. So don't be down, Connie. You've got your christening gown, Connie. Connie, never go away. Promise you'll never go away. Connie, never go away again. We love you, Connie. <laughs> oh, that was lovely. <laughs> what do you think to that, Connie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she liked it. Yes. <laughs> she liked it. Connie liked it, everybody. There we go. And if anyone wants to buy our charity singles for uh, children in need, you can do. Uh, there we go. Tom. What a lovely way to start the pod. What a lovely way to start the pod. Do you now feel ready for a lovely final chapter rundown? I'm on my knees. My hands are clasped together. I'm begging you, please give me said chapter rundown. Chapter 22. Owl post again. They've got ten minutes to get back to the uh, the hospital wing before they know they've gone. So they run back. <laughs> they get into their beds. They eat their chocolate. Madame Pomfrey doesn't know they've gone. Next minute they hear a roar from upstairs. Oh, it's Snape annoyed because Sirius Black has escaped. He marches down to the hospital wing. He says, this has something to do with Potter. But everyone thinks he's going mad. Dumbledore's like, calm down. How can two people be in the same place at once? But he's in a mood. He's in such a mood that he decides to tell the whole school that Remus is a werewolf. Mm. And so Remus thinks, well, that and the fact that I nearly killed some children means I should probably resign. He's packing his bags. But he decides to give Harry the Marauder's Map and the Invisibility Cloak. Happy days. They've all passed their exams. Gryffindor win the House Cup again. Fred and George get their owls. Percy's got his newts. And they're off on the Hogwarts Express. Suddenly, there's an owl flapping around near the train. They grab it, pull it in through the window, and it's got a letter from Sirius. Oh, I love you, Harry. You're the best. Sorry about scaring you a year ago. And he says, I got you the firebolt, and I'd love to see you, blah, 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 blah. Gives Ron a little owl. He says, keep that. And he also gives Harry a little permission slip so that he can go to Hogsmeade whenever he likes. Mm. They land at platform nine and three quarters. And Harry decides to uh, wind Vernon up, saying, oh, yeah, my godfather's a murderer. And he's looking forward to a lovely summer holiday with the Dursleys. And that was it. Owl post again. What a chapter. What a chapter. If I do say so myself... I noted that the chapter starts off with Fudge and Snape, yeah? Oh, yeah. They are running around gleefully. Yeah. Because Black is about to have the life sucked out of them. Oh, yeah. Got me a bit sad, though, because I thought, Mm. how can you be so joyous about an event, considering you are not the victims of Black said crimes? I know. Snape... You know, Black may have tormented you in high school. Yeah. Can you really say that you desire, you know, the soul ripped out of him, you know, for bullying him a little bit? It got me thinking. Yeah. You know, could I say 
that I would be no different, you know. Given the opportunity to have the souls ripped out of the bodies from the tormentors of mean high school, would I say, you know, don't do that? Would I say, yes, please do that? I'd say, yeah, take their lives. (laughs) (laughs) Remove that twinkle from their eye. And that's what's so good about these books, because it holds up (laughs) a mirror to the uh, inhumanity of humans. Holds up a mirror to the inhumanity of humans, you're right. <laughs> the thing I disagree with, whatever Snape's personal opinions is, you're still a teacher in a school. You can't be skipping down the corridors singing tra la 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 la, he's dying, he's gonna be dead, he's gonna be have the life sucked out of him. Tra la 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 la, he's dying, he's gonna be dead, he's gonna have the life sucked out of him. <laughs> we all know that victory song. It's up there with Rule Britannia and Freddy's a jolly good fellow. But, yeah, for me, it's like, well, just calm down a bit. And as well, when he goes mental, Snape, you've got to show your cool here. Mm. Because this is supposed to be the guy who deceives everybody, really, one way or the other, into thinking he's affiliated with Voldemort, to thinking, you know, with Dumbledore or whatever. You think, you can't even control yourself for this. <laughs> I know. Like, how can you then keep a straight face later on or is this all part of the act? Yeah. Really? Do you, do you have to... Because it, it's almost too... Going too hard on it. And are you really going to get a place of Voldemort's side when everyone knows you're a little bitch? I know. Oh, uh, yes, Voldemort, uh, I would like to come to your uh, inner circle. Snape, you've been having little hissy fits at a 12-year-old boy. I don't want you to part me in a circle. You're a bitch. <laughs> you need to grow up. Yes, but do you know who it said 12-year-old boy is? Harry Potter. Oh, it was justified. Sit next to me. <laughs> I've warmed this up with a cushion. Yeah, Voldemort going, Oh, I don't blame you. He's a right little tick. He's stung me twice now. <laughs> now, Dumbledore. Yes. They arrived back, haven't they? They were oh, terrified yeah. they won't get back in time. They bump into Dumbledore at the door. Yeah. And he is ecstatic that they guessed his cryptic crossword. Oh, yeah. You saved them both. Well done. And did you get the one about Stoke? That's right, Robbie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Potter Vision. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for anyone uh, wondering what the one last one, uh, the crossword clue last week... It was moist. Anyone messaging? Uh, nobody's only out today for us. <laughs> we haven't had anything so far. Okay. But uh, fingers crossed people will... Uh... Moist is a word that people, in my lifetime growing up, people have like decided... I don't know, I don't know who they've copied it off, but people run around going, Oh, I hate the word moist. I hate yeah. the word moist. Don't say moist to me. Do you know what it makes me think of? No, I don't. I don't know why you hate it. It is a weird one, that, isn't it? Because I think people claim it's the sound of it. Oh, it sounds horrible. I can give you 20 worse sounds than the word moist. Here's one. (laughs) But how do you spell that? Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. (laughs) I think the word damp is worse than moist. Oh, it's getting worse. Here's one. (laughs) Here's one. (laughs) I can't compete with these noises, everybody. (laughs) 
They're all good. They're, he's done the top six. I can't top them. Is that a six? I don't know. Is it felt like it? That was nice. That was a nice. <laughs> was it? Yeah, yeah. It's like a little uh, space laser or something. Oh. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to love Dumbledore. Snape's coming in, seething, pissed off, and Dumbledore's trying not to laugh in the background. And I, I think... Inappropriate. It is inappropriate, but it's a bit cheeky, isn't it? I think I'd like that from a teacher, trying not to laugh at something mm. serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got me thinking, like, because he's laughing so much, I'd be so tempted to go... Right, if I was Snape, I'd be like, right, do you know what? Mm. I know you're my superior. Yeah. Right? But you've got a twinkle in your eye. Yeah. Right? You're smiling. Mm-hmm. And a convict has escaped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know something, don't you? Yeah, it's a bit suspicious, isn't it? But I think Snape is taking all the attention away from Dumbledore because he's having his hissy fits. Dumbledore, you know something, don't you? I may not, not know nothing. What's that twinkle in your eye about? You haven't twinkled like that for months. Uh, moist. What? A new teaching bro. <laughs> <laughs> when they come there, it made me laugh the idea of Harry and Hermione rushing back into bed as quick as they can. Uh, it reminded me, I remember, you know, like as a kid, you'd be messing about when you during a sleepover or whatever. And then you'd hear your mum and dad come into the bedroom and you quick, get in bed, pretend you're asleep. If you don't be quiet, Lucas, we're taking your teddy off you. Exactly. That's <laughs> me and my friend. But they, uh, I remember what, went on tour once doing a show. I think we were doing The Legends of King Arthur. Right? Oh. Oh, lovely. And it was only they me. They brought you in to play Merlin, did they? Uh, I was young Merlin. I was genuinely <laughs> young Merlin. Uh, and... We've got this boy, he's from Camarathon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so me and this other guy, we were 11 years old, and then everyone else were adults, right? And they'd hired... Everyone else were adults. Everyone else were adults, right? They'd hired two, like, log cabins, right? One for... <laughs> one for the lads, and one for the women, right? One for the lads, one for the women. 14-year-old boys, 40-year-old women. 40-year-old women, right. So it was just me, this other guy, and a load of adults, and we thought, everyone's going to be sensible, because they're adults, right? These bits, some of these were 40, 50 years old. They were whipping each other with the bedsheets. <laughs> in the middle of the night. Oh, right? yeah. Pulling people's pyjamas off, like mm. kegging people like that. We were sat in bed thinking, what the bloody hell's going on here, right? The woman who runs the drama thing had to come to the next cabin because we were making such a noise. <laughs> the image of a 50-year-old man <laughs> rushing up to a top bunk to pretend to be asleep <laughs> so he doesn't get in trouble uh, will always be with me. And uh, it's, it was a very amusing sight <laughs> to see this middle-aged man in his boxes <laughs> climbing up a little ladder quickly to get into the sheets. I think a lot of these experiences is what's made you somewhat of an old soul. Because you passed it. 
Yeah, I'm passing me prime, aren't I? You've been around old people and they're doing pranks. You're done now. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. All of me, uh, all of me good experiences have uh, gone, I don't know. That's a sad thing to say. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> well, that's what again. you were saying. No, 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 no. I'm well, saying all, that out all the childish experiences have oh, gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. All the childish <laughs> experiences have gone, haven't they? Got me thinking. Oh, yeah. How's Poppy? Oh, she's very good, thank you. Well, I'll take a sip if you want. No, no, no it's all <laughs> Listeners, right. he brought the straw to his mouth. When he heard the question, he denied himself a supper drink. <laughs> that is the consummate professional. I am. Poppy, right? She's become... How is the old bitch? <laughs> <laughs> she's become a very seasoned traveller, right? She came to Wales with me. The first couple of times we took her travelling... She would go into her little house in the cage mm-hmm. and she would stay there for the duration. She might come out, have a look, see what she's doing, right? On the way to Wales, she spent a lot of the time walking around, sniffing, dead confident. Right? On the way back, I'm in the car. I can see in my rear view mirror. She's climbing up to the top of the cage. I'm going along the roof like monkey bass. <laughs> Bloody hell! We're going down the motorway at 70 miles an hour and she's doing bloody gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> she's very confident, she is. Ninja warrior. <laughs> yeah, ninja warrior in the cage. Yeah, bloody hell. She didn't freeze then. I was worried last week she might have frozen. No, no. No, she's a good egg. What, in the car? <sighs> no, she likes it. She likes it. Yeah, that everyone, she likes it. She likes it. No, no, yeah. As long as you keep her warm, put the, put the heaters on in the car, she'll be all right. Yeah, so uh, Madame Pomfrey is feeding the kids chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Oh, yeah. Chocolate will make you feel better. Yeah. Have you had any chocolate in the past week? (laughs) You asked me about this and I misremembered that you uh, actually gave me a piece 20 minutes before it started. Mm. Yes, I had a chocolate bar last night for my supper. Oh, what was it? Tell me. Little Dairy Milk Classic. Oh! How about you? Last night, I had a lint bear. Ooh, a lint bear, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we were eating them at the same time. I was editing the old podcast. I think yeah. You, I think you were in the Land of Nod. And I oh, was yeah, I might have been. away a lint bear. Mm. At the cinemas early on, yeah. I bought from the cinemas some sweet and salty popcorn. A mix. Oh, a mix. That's so fun. Fair to say I got a mix. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Would you believe this was mostly salty? Oh, that's it, a bad mix. It cut my tongue into it. Yeah. I was like, I kept eating because I was like, I need some sweet to balance me out. Yeah. But I just kept getting salty, salty, and salty, it never salty. came. Oh. Oh. That's nearly as bad as when you get an awful cherry to tango, uh, when you get an awful cherry to raspberry ratio in your tango ice blast. But know this. Yeah. I used mouthwash later that night. Yeah. And my tongue burned. Oh, for like four minutes afterwards. Yeah, because it's been cut up and now it had the mouthwash in it. I think that is grounds for suing the cinema. A mix. I know it doesn't say it, but a mix to me implies fifty-fifty. Fifty pieces of sweet popcorn and fifty pieces of salty popcorn. It's not very much. It's <laughs> five pounds seventy-five. What are your found... What are your go-to cinema snacks? I like my sweet popcorn, and that's all really I'll have. Some, maybe about... Next time, me only get sweet. Me no get salty again. Yeah. Me only get sweet. I wouldn't, yeah, if I were you, I wouldn't risk having that ratio again. 
But yeah, I might get a Maltese or something like that. But I do like a slushy drink. Oh yeah, they are good, that Tango Ice Blast. Yeah, they're better than... They're better than other slushy drinks because other slushy drinks, you take a few sips through the straw and then it's all icy and horrible and you have to wait for it to melt again. Whereas the Tango Ice Blast, there must be something in the formula where it doesn't do that. You just have that lovely Tango taste right? It's lovely. Any notable stories about uh, cinema snacks? Any notable stories about cinema snacks? Don't think so. Well... When I was a little boy, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you mine. Please I got, do. I got quite a few. Mm. Uh, I used to love going to the cinema and getting the biggest Coke you could get. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, what must have my bladder been like? Because yeah. it was like, it's so big, I could barely hold it with my little boy hands. Oh, yeah. I'd get that big Coke and I'd get a bag of M&M's. Yeah. No nut, chocolate only, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once, carrying into that big Coke in the, the cinema... It just, like, it went from grasp and I dropped the whole thing on the floor. <sighs> Another time, someone threw a mini egg at the back of my head. Who's doing that? Rough lads. Rough lads. Tell you what I did do at the cinema once. Me, me mum, my dad and my sister went to We're the off c- to Waterloo. Me, me, mum, my dad's sister and a bucket of Vindaloo. No, no, no. No, 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 no. We went to the cinema in London and we saw Up... So, oh yeah. When would that have been? 2009, 2010? And I found a £20 note on the floor. Oh, is there a better feeling? Oh, I don't think so. American listeners, imagine finding a million dollars on the floor. That's what it feels like. Yeah. £20. <laughs> Especially with the uh, exchange rate 10 years ago. It would have been a million dollars. told the joke I give it a thumbs down <laughs> and how would you explain the rest of the laughing and then I just did what Tom did but in a more theatrical way pretended to rip up his notes told him off give me a thumbs down <laughs> tell me more about that 20 quid no I've said all I want to about that 20 pounds thank you put me off now no that's why I had interest in that... jokes about exchange rates don't interest me <laughs> Hey, that's a joke. Interest. Oh, never mind. Thumbs down again. Listeners, thumbs down. Oh, dearie me. (laughs) Look, listeners, in principle, I wouldn't mind a thumbs down for a bad joke, but in 57 episodes, I've never had a thumbs up. (laughs) Have you had a thumbs down before? No, this is the first time. Well, I've had two. It's 2 nil, listeners. It's 2 nil. Now... Griffin doors, right? Yeah. Are gaslighters. Mm. Snape is pouring his heart out, saying, somebody's got to believe me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something bad has happened. Someone has helped this man escape. Like, Harry Potter has left his bed and done something, which he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Snape knows he has. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Uh, are you crazy? Are you crazy? Yeah. No, I'm not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And Snape must be aware that time turners exist. I can't imagine he doesn't know about them. Yeah, but he probably thought he probably thought 
they would never give special treatment to any student that they give them a time turner. So is that a secret between McGonagall and Dumbledore that they've given her? Because they must in the staff room. Uh, oh yeah, Hermione's doing well in my subject. Mine as well. Mine as well. My, hang on a minute. How's, how's she taking all these subjects? Yeah, it always happens at the same time. Well, she's not doing too good in Muggle studies. <clears throat> she only got three hundred and twenty percent in the exam. Why is she even taking Muggle studies? Yeah, come on. Her mum and dad are dentists. She must know about Muggles. It's an easy one, though, isn't it? Easy pass. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Fudge is worried about uh, the PR, isn't he? He goes, I'm going to look like a fool. Right. Buckbeaks escape. Sirius Black's on the loose. I'm going to look like a dafty. Mm. This is why, Fudge, you send somebody else to do these silly jobs. So you can have a scapegoat. <clears throat> oh, it was their fault. They messed it up. Sack him. Sack him. Sack him. Sack him, Fudge. No, he Fudge doesn't even seem that bothered. No, he's, I think he's just glad to he's the uh, one be getting who, out there. He's the one who helped Black escape. He's the one who sent the Dementors to Hogwarts. What do you want? Yeah, exactly. Like, this is all you're doing, Fudge. Yeah. He's the one handing out bloody newspapers to Sirius Black. Yeah, well, Fudge, what, what's that all about? Why are you giving Sirius Black the Sunday Times? <laughs> Uh, well, I thought you... No, no, no. Hey, here you go, Black. There's a front page spread on the Weasleys. Slow news day? (laughs) (laughs) They've won a holiday. What's that shit got to do with me? (laughs) Keep your eyes peeled for the rats. (laughs) So they all go out. They're they're annoyed. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Ron wakes up. And he's annoyed, he's missed all the drama, right? He goes, what's happened, right? Harry turns to Hermione. He goes, you explain, and starts eating chocolate. You explain, you lazy git. They've both been on this adventure, why is he going, you tell him I can't be bothered and then eating bloody chocolate. I do that. Do you? You can't be asked telling stories. I, I do it all the time. I can't. Sometimes you've only got a story so many times, yeah. you, haven't you? Mm. Oh yeah. Like, and it's funny. You've got a funny story, and you retell it. First time it's good. Second yeah. time it's good. Yeah. But then it goes up and down around because you lose enthusiasm for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you tell people, and you notice you don't get the same reaction from some people as you do from others. So no, no. I must have not put the effort into this story. <laughs> Like you tell the story and you can see they want to find it funny, so they're laughing, but they're laughing in the wrong places. Yeah, know? yeah. Like, gone wrong here. Gone wrong here. It's not good. I'm saying with my mum and dad, right? If I'm coming back, going home for a bit to Wales, right? I'll be sat in the living room with my mum. I'll tell her a story. Oh, this happened, this happened, blah, blah, blah. My dad'll be in the kitchen. Five minutes later, he'll come in. How was that on Friday? <sighs> not telling you, I just said it. Not repeating myself. It's like exhausting telling the same story again and again. Mm. And I always think, why would people be interested? But then that can bite you in the arse. Because if you go, oh, you tell him, I'm done telling that story. They retell it and you got the completely wrong end of the stick. Yeah, yeah. They've added a bunch of lies. (laughs) You weren't listening properly, were you, when I said it? That's how how rumours happen. Yeah. Again with this giant squid. <laughs> I love it, don't you? Big squid just chilling in the lake. Do you think ever show it in the films? 
Yeah. Where was that squid when the Dementors were flying round it? Scaring it. Scaring it? Do you reckon it was hiding? They love that giant squid. I want to ask you a question. Last day, everyone's at Hogsmeade. I was wondering, would you rather have a day at Hogsmeade or a day at Diagon Alley? Where would you rather go? Definitely got to be Diagon Alley, hasn't it? See, I oh, actually, actually, let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, actually, actually, Hogsmeade. Yeah. Quiet little town. Yeah, I feel like Diagon Alley is a bit, like, shoppy. There's lots of shops. And it leads on to Nocturne Alley. Yeah. Which is horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, like, the chances are you're going to bump into some of them Nocturne Alley people. So take me to Hogsmeade, yeah. where I can go for a drink with a teacher. Yeah. I can buy some sweets that would burn through my tongue for some reason. Mm-hmm. Joke shop. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I'd go to Oxmead over Diagon Alley. It's going to be a slow joke shop, aren't it? Oh, yeah. I think a lot of joke shops have gone now because people are like, I don't want that. I don't know. I know. There's not as much call for them anymore. It's very hard to find fake dog poo these days. You have to use real dog poo, don't you? You have to, I have to use real dog poo. I know. Professor Lupin has quit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course he did. He needs to make space for a new defence against the dark arts teacher. As is tradition. You won every year because it's cursed. It's cursed. <laughs> well, Hagrid turns to the lads and Hermione and he says, Lupin's packing. Hmm. Bit personal, that information. <laughs> <laughs> Hagrid, we don't want to know about that, thank you very much. But I'll go and visit him, says Harry. So yeah, he goes to visit him in his office. And Lupin is bent over. <laughs> packing. <laughs> well, later on he says he empties his drawers. <laughs> Bloody hell, what's going on here? Come on, this is a family show. Whose family? <laughs> a family of adults, maybe. People listen to this with their tots. <laughs> I bet they do. If you're sat round the dinner table, listening to the Potter Vision podcast with young children, I want you to write in and let us know. Send us a picture or a video proving that you listen at dinner time. The Potter Vision Huns are only children. They're only children, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> It is a bit... I understand why Harry is sad to see Lupin go, because they've developed a very good relationship, really. Have they? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a better relationship with Lupin. Second only to maybe Hagrid. But even Hagrid, I feel like Harry doesn't really respect. Whereas he respects Lupin, I think. Yeah. Like, and, if Lupin tells him not to do something, he's probably not going to do it. Yeah. Hagrid tells him not to do anything. They're going to do that thing. <laughs> Whatever Hagrid says, I will always do the opposite. Yeah. So I just think, I do not trust that bloke. Didn't you hear? Professor Lupin's a werewolf. Oh, is he? And you're a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun, isn't it? You know when you know a secret and someone tells you the secret that you already know? And you have to pretend not to know. <coughs> really? Oh, bloody hell, didn't know that. Don't oh, yeah. keep it a secret. Even though you already know. It's good fun, oh, that, yeah, isn't I'll it? I do that Macaulay Culkin shocked face. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Is that what he sounds like? Oh. oh I love Homer Moan. Homer Moan. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> but what jobs can Professor Lupin do next? I've got some ideas. Yeah. Reverse sheepdog. 
What do you mean a reverse sheepdog? Well, sheepdogs protect sheep, don't they, and guide them. Yeah. Maybe he could kill sheep and eat them. <laughs> uh, have you had any reverse sheepdogs? I've got a whole flag of sheep I want to get rid of. <laughs> uh, maybe let him loose Let him loose in a labyrinth. Let him loose in a labyrinth. Yeah. Or he could go to London and be a uh, Lancashire werewolf in London. Be a Lancashire werewolf in London. Or he could do any... Day job. As long as he's home, by the time the sun sets, yeah. he'll have no trouble. Just submit to his employer yeah. a flexible working application yeah. saying he can only work three weeks out of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Why, Lupin, have you decided for a year to work at the only job which requires you to stay there at night? When you're a werewolf, get a job in Dixon's, Curry's, Argos. Yeah. You'll be done by five. Get into your house or wherever you go to before midnight. Get a midnight. job at a 24-hour gym. You'll never see the moon again. No. Yeah, exactly. Because if the if clouds can stop it, <laughs> surely a building can. Yeah. Is that, what, is that what it is? The fact that you have to see the moon to become the werewolf? Because if a cloud stops him, surely a, a wall can. Ass, ass, shut the blinds, ass. <laughs> Lupin gives Harry the uh, map. Oh yeah, he's got quite a few gadgets now, Harry, doesn't he? He's like a little Inspector Gadget. I wrote this down. He's like acquiring. It's like a video game, isn't it? You acquire these abilities. Oh yeah. With invisibility cloak and the map, he's pretty much unstoppable if he is cl- is careful. Mm. Not only can you see where everybody is, you're also invisible. Yeah. All he needs is, like, a bazooka, and he's sorted. Bazooka? He's got a wand even better. A wand even better? (laughs) (laughs) But I was thinking about this, because if you were having a standoff, one person with a gun and one person with a wand, the gun's always winning. Are you sure? You know, five, four, three, two, one. A vada cadaver... (laughs) Oh. It's funny though, Harry's got, after everything he's gone through, still got a bit of attitude on him. Talking to Dumbledore about the previous night's events, and he's well, like, you know, he saved two lives, yeah. and he goes, it didn't make a difference, you know, because Peter Pettigrew yeah, got yeah. away. It did make a difference. Yeah. The two lives, nothing to you, you specky git. <laughs> but also, Dumbledore's already there, Lupin's a bit awkward to leaves or whatever. As soon as Lupin leaves, Harry sits in his chair. (laughs) Excuse me? Well, he's not working here now, is he? Guess I get to sit in this chair. I guess I'm the defence against Dark Arts tutor. Mm. (laughs) I mean, I'm the only one who can do Patronus. (laughs) Just imagining Harry Potter sat in this executive swivel chair while this 90-year-old man is stood up. (laughs) (laughs) Go on then, Dumby, tell me what I've learnt this year, lad. What lessons have we got to learn? Get it over with. I've got lots of marking to do. <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah. My dad's inside me, is he? Oh, yeah, all right. Thanks very much. My dad's inside. See you later. <laughs> See you next year. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's inside me, is he? Thursday, Christmas. <laughs> Ha <laughs>
Well, that was inappropriate. <laughs> what, that past minute of conversation we've had? No, no, no. <laughs> like... <laughs> they're talking about Harry's dad. Yeah. And Dumbledore goes, uh, you know, because, like... It says in the book, Dumbledore says, uh, his Patronus was made possible because of his dad. Yeah. Yeah, his dad was a... St- good, and he made giant to a stag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, Dad, he's not forever dead. He lives inside you, yeah. <laughs> Pond Dumbledore says, Prongs rode again last night. Bit weird, Headmaster calling one of his former students by his nickname. I know, it's just a bit like... Yeah, it's very... And that was funny as well, where he goes, um, Pettigrew is in your debt. If you save a wizard's life, he's in your debt. And Voldemort won't like having someone who's in your debt. Pettigrew's not arsed. Yeah. <laughs> He just he didn't see it as you saving his life. He saw it as him getting away. I know. He I do have, have a feeling it comes back that way in a couple of books, but it doesn't make sense. I agree with you. See, I just remember the films. Yeah, yeah, is my yeah. Issue. So I just think, ah, oh, yes, Peter Pettigrew will pay you back by uh, stabbing your arm and drawing your blood. <laughs> I know, but you know we joke about. Harry's dad being inside him, prongs riding, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think it is a lovely little scene about... And when Dumbledore says, he goes, oh, you know, you think the dead we have loved ever truly leave us. You think that we don't recall them more clearly than ever in times of great trouble. I quite like that idea that Harry is maybe closer to his father now that he's got this Patronus and they share that, that stag. You look so much like your father, except your eyes... You have your mother's eyes. What, are they green? Yeah. I've got green eyes. That's yeah. what I share with my mother. Nothing else. For me. It... For me. For me. I might not speak on behalf of the both of us. But Harry tells Dumbledore about Professor Trelawney's prediction, which I'm amazed that in the narrative this was only the day before that he heard her do that prediction during the exam. Mm-hmm. What a crazy 24 hours. But Dumbledore seems to be so relaxed about it, and it's, I, th- I find it ridiculous. This is a massive revelation, the idea that... Because he believes Harry. He says, oh, yeah, you know, she's probably right talking about that. But he doesn't seem to act on it at all. Maybe he does behind the scenes, but I don't know. You feel like he'd be running to tell somebody. So Harry says, the last few days, he says Snape was disliking him more and more. He didn't think it was possible that Snape could dislike him more. But he says he sees Snape, you know, a muscle twitched unpleasantly at the corner of Snape's thin mouth. And he was constantly flexing his fingers. Harry, those are a result of Snape's brain injury that he (laughs) suffered two days ago. (laughs) He got knocked out, he had his head bashed against the roof. Of course he's going to be twitching and have his fingers flexing. Snape is ready for that summer holiday. <laughs> oh my God. 100%. Any, any adult who's flexing their fingers around a student needs some time off. <laughs> he's going to spend all of those six weeks back in that flat in Bradford with the blinds closed with the sheets over him, just recovering. Because... He's burnt out, I think, Snape. He's burnt out. He's burnt out. He's done too much all year. He's had a massive couple of days where he's been injured, gone mad. You know, bloody hell. He burst a blood vessel, I think, going as nuts as mm. he has. Mm. He needs... He needs a day in a spa. 
And six weeks at home, I reckon. One of the morals I take from this chapter is definitely treat the mean, keep them keen. Why is that? Dumbledore's been absent this entire book, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's he been? The initial assembly? <laughs> when we seen him in the past, like, 22 chapters. Yeah. He's been absent, hasn't he? Well, Yet Harry gets these one-on-one chats with him once a year. Yeah. And it puts Dumbledore back on a pedestal for him yeah, yeah, every yeah. year. Just because that one chat. I know. A, a wise little chat makes Harry think that Dumbledore is the best wizard that's ever lived. Yeah. Harry, it's you having to, like, solve all these, like, mysteries every year. Not Dumbledore, it's you doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, I think it's the mystery of Dumbledore, isn't it? Because I think when you... People say never meet your heroes, don't they? Because I think if you spent all time with them, you'd know they were just the same as everybody else. Are there any heroes that you'd worry about meeting? Um, oh, probably, yeah. I mean... First person that comes into my head is Roger Federer. Oh, yeah. I like Roger Federer as a tennis player, and he does seem like a lovely man, but oh, I worry yeah. that I'd meet him and then I'd, I don't know, see him spit on the floor or something and then be horrified. <laughs> that would put you off a spit on the floor. Federer spits. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Now, for me, Williams. It's lo- been a while, hasn't it, since we've heard mentioned a Wally. <laughs> I'd love to meet Walliams. Yeah. I think it'd be amazing. But yeah. Because I feel like I've got so much in common with him. I'd love yeah. to, like, I don't know, but then I fear that, you know, that he just won't give me time of day. No. Right, imagine I'm David Walliams. Yeah. I'm uh, queuing up for a vegan sausage roll at Greg's. Yeah. You're behind me. Yeah. I've not seen you. Yeah. Uh, what do you do? Excuse me? Walliams? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I am, honestly, everything I've done in my life has been because of you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> what do you say then? Uh, go home now, get back. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, never meet your heroes, they say. Okay, then I'll be Roger Federer. All right. Uh, excuse me, Roger, can I have a photo with you? I'll tell you what, do you want better? How about a game of tennis? Bloody hell, yes, please! <laughs> oh, that went well, didn't it? <laughs> hey, let's play strip tennis. <laughs> Against Federer? Then I'd just be nude and he'd be fully clothed. <laughs> Should we keep playing? I've got nothing left, Roger, I've got nothing left! <laughs> what do I take off now? Your skin. What? Shave your head. Oh, oh yes, Roger, yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's just smacking balls at your naked body. Oh, forget the French Open, it's the Lucas Open. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> family show. Oh, who's family? I need proof. Yeah. So, they get on the Hogwarts Express. Oh, no, this annoyed me, right? Fred and George are always seen as the jokesters, aren't they? The funsters. They're never working. The cheeky chappies. The cheeky chappies. They're never revising. They're never doing their homework. Right. They've actually managed to get some qualifications. And they're palmed off as... They scraped a couple of owls each. Handful of owls. That's a massive achievement for people who've done naff all (laughs) for five years. Well done. (laughs) That paragraph should be written... Fred and George achieved three qualifications each. Against all odds. Against all odds. No, they scraped a handful of owls. 
<laughs> Give them some bloody credit, thank you very much. Yeah, that's always a bit disrespectful. Yeah, Harry is again going on about hating the Dursleys. Oh, now I've got to go home to the Dursleys. I could have been living with Sirius Black, but I've got to go home to the Dursleys. Harry, it's six weeks off where you don't have to solve a mystery. I know. (laughs) Bloody hell. Are you not burnt out? Yeah. Like the amount you've gone on, how about... Surely you need a break from magic. It's like yeah. watching James Bond and the amount of like adventures he's been on. I know. If it was me, after one adventure, I'd be like, oh, I can't do another. No, I, I can't risk losing my life again. Not a chance. I know. He's always round bloody solving these mysteries. Have a break, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Six weeks off. <clears throat> Chill. Chill out. Lower your jaw and eat a 50-piece burger. And swallow it in one. You heard him, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Have a break. Do it. <laughs> Hermione choosing to drop muggle studies and not use the time turner again, for me, is a great bit of maturity for her. Because I feel like it would be very hard. She's, you know, she's always highly achieved, hasn't she? She's always done everything perfectly. Yeah. And I think for her to actually step back and go, actually, that was bad for my health. I need to actually slow down and actually stop. I think he's uh, very mature and it shows her developing as a character. I need to be a kid again. Yeah. Now that I'm 16. (laughs) Now that I'm 16. Yeah. Yeah, so I quite like that because she's... Yeah, we've seen a bit bit of development from Hermione because she's been a bit more... She's broken a few rules this year as well. And then she's also... At the end, decided, right, enough's enough. I need to just do the normal amount of exams. Uh-huh. Very, very proud of this fictional character. Very, very proud. I love her. So, at the end of Sirius Black's letter... Oh, yeah. He gives his permission uh, for Harry to go Hogsmeade. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I was like, worthless. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just... <laughs> like, I, an escaped convict, do give Harry Potter permission to go to Alton Towers and Dumbledore. Well, that's good enough for me. First one on Oblivion wins the House Cup. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a flaw in this plan because it's not Dumbledore they have to get past. It's McGonagall. McGonagall's in charge of the permission slips and McGonagall does not know that Sirius Black is innocent. So when Harry turns up next year with a piece of paper from Sirius Black, she'll be like... What the hell do you think you're doing, Potter? <laughs> this means jack shit. <laughs> I love that Sirius and Buckbeak have stayed friends. He's escaped on Buckbeak and now they're hiding together in the forest of Albania or wherever they are. Bit of fun, isn't it? Set the forest alight. Blanket bomb the forest, we say. How many times before it's done? <laughs> There's too many villains in that forest. <laughs> This bit completely made no sense at all. Right, so Sirius admits that he bought Harry the firebolts. Right. He um, admits it. Oh my God, he admits it. He admits it, guys. He admits he bought Harry the firebolts. Case closed. This is how he did it. Right. He got Crookshanks to take the order for the firebolts to the owl office. Yeah. And somebody from the Owl office then went to Gringotts and got the money from Sirius's vaults. Of course. 
And then bought the fireball and sent it to Harry. Thing is about prisoners. Yeah. They don't close down their bank accounts. They oh, no. They don't freeze them. No, no. If someone who works at the Alry needs to access yeah. said vaults, <laughs> full access. <laughs> can I open uh, Can I open vault 711? Right. Who are you? That's Sirius Black's vault. <laughs> I'm from the Alry. Right. right. So who's giving you instruction? A cat. Come with me. Come with me. <laughs> Key, please. <laughs> Ridiculous story, please. <laughs> man from the Owlery, please. <laughs> Does the man from the Owlery have the letter from the cat? <laughs> it is, isn't it? Imagine being the man from the Owlery. I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> why am I at Gringotts? Does the man from the Owlery have the letter from the cat? Yes. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> right, I'm off for a couple of hours. Why, where are you going? I've got a uh, letter to go to the bank. All right, off who? Cat. <laughs> right? What are you doing at the bank? Withdrawing a bit of money. Who from? Serious Black's vault. <laughs> and he told you to do this? Cat! Well, what does he want with that? Buy a broom for a boy. Well, go on then. <laughs> We're not paying you for this time. You do know that, don't you? All right, I'll bring it up with me, with me rep. I feel like all that investigation over uh, the broom yeah. midway through the book could have been like, you know, stamped in the foot by contacting the broom shop. Yeah. Any recent orders for firebolts? Yes, one. Yeah. Who's it off? Cat. Okay. Right. Or even, you know, came from the yeah. Owlery. Go to the Owlery. Who gave you this order? A cat. How did they pay for it? Sirius Black's vault. It's from Sirius Black. <laughs> it's from Sirius Black. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like every time in Hogwarts, they feel like the whole mystery is in Hogwarts. Like there's no outer influences to any mystery. Look, it must be somewhere in the castle, must what, it? Well, I love as well is Sirius Black goes. And uh, just so you know, that's uh, 13 birthdays worth of presents. So don't expect anything like that next year. <laughs> Yes, that is thirteen years worth of. That's Christmas and birthday combined for thirteen years. All right. So, and what have you got me? <laughs> <laughs> Saved your life. Call it quits. Oh, serious. I was. Uh, I was hoping you could get me. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, money for a bit of driving lessons for me seventeenth. I bought you a broom four years ago. You're not getting anything from me. I'll see you when you're twenty six. And do you ever use it? Well, fleeting. I mean, only when I'm, you know, got only, matches and that. They don't get so. It's only three games a year. Oh. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you disrespectful little gnat. <laughs> the, the other thing is, Sirius gives Ron the owl mm. that had the letter. So where's he got this owl from, for a start? Borrowed someone's owl. Borrowed someone's owl and it to a boy. But as well, how is Ron going to explain that to the Weasleys? If I was Ron, I'd be a bit suspicious of talking to the owl. Are you anyone? 
Well, that's what he does. He gives it to... He makes... To make sure it's not somebody, he makes Crookshank sniff it. Oh, really? And then when Crookshank... Oh, really? It's in the chapter we've just read. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Does he? Oh, I didn't know that. Where's that? Nobody book. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he completely trusts Crookshank's opinion. Yeah. <laughs> They're uh, fast pals now, him and uh, Crookshanks. Yeah, they are. They're thick as thieves. They're thick as thieves. There's going to be two sets of ginger hairs in Bronze Bed from now on. <laughs> He's in Crookshanks. He's in Crookshanks. <laughs> Before anybody says anything. <laughs> and then, uh, so Harry, he has a bit of fun here with Vernon at the train station. What a rapport they've got together. Oh, What's that? <laughs> a piece of paper, you twat. <laughs> But Harry, I feel like he's an idiot for doing this because he has a bit of fun with Vernon, saying, "Oh, it's from my godfather. He's a convicted godfather, murderer. You don't have a godfather." Yeah, yeah, he's a convicted murderer. But don't worry, he likes to check up on me. For me, that's like, well, you're not going to be able to see him, are you? Now, if you're telling Uncle Vernon he's a, yeah. a murderer, why would you tell him that for a bit of fun? I feel like that's going to make it harder for you to leave that house. Uh, I suppose just, just just in case they go, go live with him then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he can't, can he? And he can't, can he? And he can't, can he? No, he can't. But it's lovely. I like the... I think feel like it's a very satisfying ending to the book. We get a little bit of a, uh, a hint of what's to come with Voldemort. And the Quidditch World Cup is into that as well for uh, next year. Oh! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <sighs> right. How many sets of ginger hair out of five are you giving this chapter? I really like this chapter, actually. Oh, hang on. How many sets of ginger hair in a little boy's bed are you giving this chapter out of five? <laughs> I really like this chapter. I feel like it wrapped things up nicely. A lot happened. I remember Chamber of Secrets, we felt like it was all done in two paragraphs where they wrapped everything up. But I feel like it was a bit more things going on, a bit more better paced. <sighs> Something we heard from Ginny at all this book, did we? Oh my god, we haven't, have we? <laughs> Deary me, well, I hope she makes a reappearance at some point in this book series. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but, well, I was going to give it five, but no, Ginny. I'm going to give it four sets of ginger hair out of five. Where's the hair? On the little boy's bed. Yes. For me, this chapter, as you said, it wraps it all up, didn't it? Oh, it yeah. wrapped it all up in a pretty little package with a little pink bow on top, didn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah everything, all the loose ends were tied up. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Snape's in a mood. Harry's happy. A year has gone by. He's triumphed. <laughs> the rat is gone. Yeah. Ron's got a new pet. Hermione was right all along. They're friends again. Now they're back to Dursley's. Where everything is going to be a bit boring for a summer. What a laugh this sounds like. For that reason, I'm going to give this chapter three sets of ginger <laughs> hair out of five little boys. But... Hooray! Right. Are you ready for this week's edition of Quiz? Quiz, quiz, and geek, quiz, quiz, and geek, quiz, 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 quiz,
Right, so the prize is a compliment. Oh, lovely. Question one. Which two members of Hogwarts staff vouch for the innocence of Harry Potter? Uh, Dumbledore and Madame Pomfrey. Correct. Yes. Question two. After issuing Hermione with a command, what did Harry stuff into his mouth? Chocolate. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> what two physical tells yeah. did Snape give off to make Harry think that he was furious? Well, his mouth kept twitching and his fingers were flexing. Correct. (laughs) You're doing great. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks very much. What phrase did Dumbledore issue to Harry to signify that his father had reappeared in the forest earlier? Prongs Road again tonight. Last night. You've got to give me that, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> That's four. Four. <clears throat> Question five, and this is for the compliment. Yeah. What did Sirius Black gift Ronald Weasley on the train? A small grey owl. Correct, sir. You've won the compliment. Yes. I'm listening. You're a hard-working soul who deserves the best. That is bloody lovely. Thank you very much. Quiz, quizzy, quiz, quizzy, quiz, 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 Gonna ask you some questions. How well will you do? Quiz, quizzy, quiz, quizzy, quiz, 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 Gonna ask you about how bad looks. How well will you do? I'll blow you a kiss. Now, as is tradition on the final chapter of the book, I've got a lovely gift for you, Tom. Ooh, what can it be? What could it be? It's only Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Ooh, do you look at that? Hey, that's nice, isn't it? What a lucky boy am I. I've not written in it yet. Let me write in it. There you go, a lovely Goblet of Fire for you. Oh, oh my God, thank you so much. That's very generous of you. Very welcome. I love you for that. To Tom, well done on another book completed. Here's the next one. Lots of love, Lucas and Connie. Oh, yeah, she chipped in. Uh, She put a couple of pence towards it. And I paid the rest. Beautiful. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Ooh, look how the uh, writing's smaller on it than compared to the other ones. Oh, yeah, to fit. So it's not a chunky book. So it's not a chunky book. Oh, that'd be nice, eh? Maybe we'll have a similar uh, amount of pages. Now, listeners, 36 chapters. Is it 36 or is it more? I think it's 36. Is that a... That's a... Um, I think that's from... Oh, no, it's 37. 37 chapters. Listeners, that is a lot of months. <laughs> that is more than the first two books combined. I'm looking forward to doing but before I am. Are you? More than anything. This... Has been the Pottervision Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Now, if you're listening to this on the day of release, tonight we are in Glasgow. Tomorrow we are in Edinburgh and we are in Newcastle on Wednesday. 
We are also in Sheffield on Sunday the 14th, and we are then in Liverpool on the 17th, which I believe is Wednesday. So please come and see us if you've not already booked tickets. If you want bonus content, patreon.com slash pottervision. There are already 17 bonus episodes, a copy of our live show, and there's all sorts of other stuff. But most importantly, you'll be supporting us, and we'd be eternally grateful. Next week, we're on episode 58, and it's the Goblet of Fire. Book four, chapter one, The Riddle House. You, you have been Connie's right-hand man, Tom Lawrenson. And you have been the man who hatched Connie, Lucas Gopi. You heard it here first. (laughs) Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Potter Vision podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. You can contact us through our website, pottervision.com. And if you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash pottervision.